Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets If you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. And it works everywhere I write. Summarizing a doc only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. The Phillies play here. Sports Radio 94 WIP. Radio.com Sports Station. Bewitching Hour Midnight here on 94 WIP. Jody Mac, two in the books, two to play. All right, I'm going to do the same thing with my next guest that I did with my previous guest. And we found out that Scott Lauber was not listening to the show prior to coming on. We'll find out if John McMullen from Sports Illustrated, Philly Voice, his podcast, Extending the Play, gotten where you get your better podcast is a must-listen for Eagles fans. Um, let's see if John was listening earlier. John McMullen, who are the five greatest rock guitarists of all time? Well, I, I definitely wasn't listening. I was, I'll admit I was watching a little playoff baseball and some NBA. So right. I, but I'm going to go Eddie Van Halen. That's obvious. But that's Jimmy the Hendrick, reason why we're having the conversation today. Very good. And, uh, Jimi Hendrix certainly got to be in there. Um, two for two. And uh, I'm going to put Prince in there. Oh, and that's then, a grief uh, for not having Prince in. Then I'm going to tap out because I think those three are so far ahead of everybody else. What's the point to get in the five? All right. I'll give you, I'll give you the two others, and I left Prince out. I only went four deep, and Prince probably should have been my fifth. But there's about 75 people, great guitars. You can choose one for that fifth spot. Hendrix won. Stevie Ray Vaughan, two. Eric Clapton, three. Eddie Van Halen, four. Those are my top four in order, and then I debate number five, and I've only been debating it for like two decades. And I can't – I got so much grief on Twitter today for not including Prince. I would probably put him at the top of my candidate list for five, but I even refuse to uh, lock those in. But, <laughs> hey, at least we agreed yeah, on I, – I, I don't think it's a bad list. I, I would just put I, – I, I would put Jimmy first, Eddie second, Prince third. And then fill in from there. Clapton certainly. Uh, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna argue there. But I, I think that top three for me is pretty clear. Gotcha. You're not as big a Stevie Ray fan as I am. That's okay. That's perfectly fine. If this fans are rocking, don't bother knocking. All right. Um, <laughs> the Eagles were rocking on Sunday night. Came away with a win in San Francisco. 
it was not a pinpoint perfect game, but a win on the road against the defending league champions, even as beat up as they are, is surely an accomplishment when you're sitting there with 0-2-1 after the game. Did you come away with that many more positives, angles, ways to look at it, things to think about, or were you one of those who said, yeah, but? They won, yeah, but. Which well, way I did you slice But I would say there's a lot of yeah, but. I mean, that's that was not the descending NFL. But I, I mean, learned uh, about how banged up the Eagles were, and that was true, at least here. Uh, they didn't put the context of how banged up San Francisco was, and it starts, again, with the quarterback, but even more so Nick Bosa. I think that completely changes the 49ers. That's arguably the best edge rusher in the NFL, and he's gone for the season. They had so many injuries, running backs, uh, all over the field. Richard Sherman was out, obviously. So, But, I mean, this is the trademark Doug Peterson win. I think nobody – I think everybody uh, on, on Sunday night, on football night in America, picked the 49ers. I think everybody from Broad Street all the way out to Silicon Valley picked the 49ers. So this is the typical – Back against the wall, Eagles win, and, and, you know, pretty amazing. You go from winless to first place after 60 minutes of football, but that tells you how bad the NFC East is. So that part of it's positive. You had to get off the snide, and the, the Eagles were able to do it. Um, uh, and I think they finally have an identity. I think last time you asked me what's the Eagles' identity, they didn't have one. Now they do, and it's that defensive line, which is getting healthier. And it's just really productive. They came up big on Sunday night. We are definitely in agreement on that. Let me throw a couple names by you, uh, like Fulgham and Kennard Avery, who has been a zero since the Eagles traded for him and was in a backfield continuously on only a handful of snaps on Sunday night. Hassan Ridgeway, Craven LeBlanc. These are guys who are fringe roster guys who made major contributions, and I said, you got to kind of give Howie an attaboy because we attack Howie after every game about the roster and the construction and the decisions that he made. When some of the marginal guys have big games that lend to a win, I think you got to at least throw the general manager a little credit. Uh, of these guys, which of them is more than just a flash? That anybody can have a great game, anybody can have a great play, even take it as far as a great game, but then can you do it again the next week and the week after that? Which of the surprisingly productive guys from Sunday night are going to do it again this week? Well, I, I think of the guys you mentioned. I, I mean, Cravon's been more than that. He's He's been a, a part of this defense and has kind of stepped up. So as a role player, I mean, I, I think he's, He's already part of the equation. Uh, but if you're talking about ceiling, uh, I do think it's Avery. And when I talk about ceiling, I'm talking about situational pass rusher. I mean, he's six feet tall. He's 250. So he's not going to be a guy who's out there for 60, 70 snaps. And that's not how Jim Schwartz runs his defensive line anyway. But for, for a guy out there 15 to 20 that just pins his ears back and can get after the quarterback, and that's what Jim said. They were waiting for this. They thought he could do this. They thought he could have this type of game. And you're right. He had 16 snaps. He hit the quarterback five times. That yeah. That's unbelievable uh, production. 
for that. So when I talk about the defensive line, you know the constants. And, and, and you know, Javon Hargrave is getting healthier, and now he's inside with Fletcher Cox and Malik Jackson. That's really good. When Hassan Ridgeway is your fourth, you're deep and you're talented. And then at defensive end, that, I, I thought that was Derek Barnett's best game as a pro. I really believe that, especially against a player like Trent Williams. Maybe not what he was at the top of his career in Washington, but still a really good player. Uh, he was great. You know, Brandon Graham, what you're getting from that. Josh Sweat has shown such an improvement. And now you throw Avery into that mix. That's, 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 that's a deep and talented group, Jody. We are talking to John McMullen from uh, SIPhillyVoice.com and is extending the play podcast a must-listen for Eagle fans. Uh, one guy I did leave out was Mix, Mr. Pick Six himself, Mr. Singleton, uh, and that was just a god-awful. I want to give the kid credit, <laughs> right place, right time. I think I could actually take it to the house because it was such a catchable ball and there was nothing in front of him but green grass and high tides. Um he may need to make those kind of plays again this week because more than anything else coming out of the game, if the Eagles were injury hurt again, it was at linebacker. Can Singleton play that many more downs? Is there another practice squad hero on the way like Fulgham this week at the linebacker position? Where are they right now with their backers heading to Pittsburgh? Yeah, I, I mean, let's be honest. That's a weakness on this team when they're completely healthy and T.J. Edwards is going to be out. Um, he's certainly not going to play this week. We'll see how, how quickly he can come back. So, yeah, I mean, Alex is the next guy up, uh, and he made the big play. And you're right. I mean, Jim Schwartz downplayed that today uh, because anybody could have got I mean, that's just a terrible throw by the quarterback. And he even mentioned that, uh, Jim mentioned that he thought Jalen Mills was going to intercept it if 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 the linebacker wasn't underneath in zone cover. So it was just a terrible throw. But he did mention he, he, he had some more impressive plays, just stopping the run and, and, and uh, things from that perspective that coaches will respect more because that takes more uh, effort than just the quarterback throwing the football to you. So while obviously it was a huge play, uh, it'll be interesting. I mean, Alex is a, a great story. Uh, he, he, he went to a small school, and he learned if you look at all his stops in the NFL, he was in Minnesota with Mike Zimmer. He was in Seattle with Pete Carroll. He was in New England with Bill Belichick. And now he's in Philadelphia with Jim Swartz. He's, he's learned under great defensive minds. And then he went to Canada, and he was the defensive player of the year up there. So, it's one of those things where this might be uh, a guy who just needed an opportunity. And while you talk about football being a meritocracy, pedigree means a lot. It really does. If you're a first-round pick, a second-round pick, you're going to get chance after chance after chance. And if you're a guy like Alex Singleton, you need your foot in the door. The foot is in the door. He's going to get an opportunity. We'll see if he can do something. But, I will say it's not a high hurdle to overcome because they're just not very good at the linebacker position. So I, I could see him being as good as Nate Gary, being as good as Duke Riley, being as good as TJ. I, you know, so I, I, it's an opportunity for him, and, and we'll see what he does with it. 
uh, hear exactly where you're coming from. John McMullen, our guest here on 94 WIP. All right. No, you wrote uh, your latest article about the Eagles starting left tackle for this 10-minute block or whatever because it's ever-changing. Um, someone called me earlier and asked about, oh, uh, it was my guy, Jim from Abitown, said, great move by the Sixers to get uh, Doc Rivers. No, it wasn't. It fell into their laps. They didn't know Doc was going to get released by the Clippers. To their credit, they uh, jumped on it and got him, but it wasn't some great strategy, so I didn't like it to be called. I didn't like the way he termed it a great move. That's Jordan Marlotta. I'd like oh, to yeah, give the I mean, Eagles a ton of credit for it, but we've been waiting for two years. They've done everything to not put Jordan Mailata into the lineup. Finally, because of all breakdowns and injuries, they had to put him in at left tackle, and he was okay. So I don't want to bend over backwards to give the Eagles credit for it, but I want to give credit to Mailata. And how big is getting that first start full game in there for all the snaps under your belt? for going forward? Well, I, I think it's huge for him, as big as he is. And he's a six foot eight, 350-pound guy. I mean, nobody knew what to expect. Jeff Stoutland in, in, in the summer said he had no idea. Uh, and we were, as you mentioned, two-plus years into this uh, project, and understandably so. I mean, the guy who never I, – I remember his first year here, he, he, he couldn't get used to the helmet. I mean, <laughs> he – you talk about square one and raw prospects. This was the rawest prospect maybe in the history of Eagles football. It was truly square one. So it was always a, a three-year project from their perspective. And then you had this weird, and, and uh, there's certain guys in Baldy and Ross Tucker are, 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 you know, they played the position, and they were raving about Jordan uh, year one. And it was just unfair, to be honest. And um, it, people expected too much out of him. Uh, what he is is a great athlete. Obviously, he's got the size to play the position, the strength. I thought it was interesting. He was better in pass protection than run blocking. He wasn't very good um, uh, in run blocking. You, know, you would think at 6'8", 350, he's strong as an ox. That would be the easier part of it for him. But uh, he was more natural as a pass protector, and I, I – I, pass protector and I like how you described it Jody he was okay and that was better than expected uh so from that standpoint it was really really good but man it amps up like if Nick Bosa was there I mentioned I don't think it would have went well so the Eagles got lucky from that perspective now this week in Pittsburgh you're talking about T.J. Watt and Bud Dupree it's going to be much more difficult and and we'll see um but he's going to be in there for a couple weeks, and he deserved it after week one. I, I thought there was some hemming and hawing. They were even considering moving Jack Driscoll to left tackle. So they weren't, uh, yeah, they weren't, <laughs> this wasn't a plan. This wasn't a strategy. Andre Dillard was supposed to be the left tackle. He got hurt. Jason Peters, they gave an extra million to move back. They gave an extra million to move back. He got hurt. He only got thrown into the deep end out of necessity. So, uh, yeah, I'm not giving the Eagles credit for that one. I do give credit for Jeff Stoutland for getting him ready to play in an NFL game, and he was competent. couple more quickies before we let, we, you, you, let you go. Um, you just brought up a name I wanted to get to. 
Is there any chance the Eagles just released Jason Peters? Boy, I, I, I advocated, I might have done it on your show as well, to release him after he, he pulled that power play um, and, and, you know, kind of <laughs> obviously demanded a little bit more money uh, to move back to left tackle when everybody knew he'd rather play left tackle. He's more comfortable left tackle. So I thought from that standpoint, I said, you know what? He's 38. Um, I didn't think he'd play this poorly because he played pretty well last season. So you didn't have that in the rearview mirror. But now that he has uh, started the season so poorly, yeah, I mean, if Jordan plays well, say, the next two weeks, and Jason is ready to come back, what's the point at this stage? I'd rather go with the young guy. So, I, I mean, do I think they'll release him? No, because of Jeffrey Lurie and their relationship. But I, 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 I got to tell you, Jody, I don't, I don't see – and, again, there's a lot of ifs in that. Jordan's got to play well, and I don't think he's going to play well this week because, it, again, it's C.J. Watt. It's not Kerry Hyder. So uh, that part of it's got to come into fruition as well. But if he does hold up, yeah, there's no reason to go back to Jason Peters. Peterson was a stone-cold turnstile against the Bengals. Uh, I just don't think he's got – you would talk about not having much left in the tank. I, I, I think he's past fumes. So uh, And because he did what he did and got the extra million out of the Eagles, it won't bother me in the least to say goodbye to a guy who's been here forever and part of a championship team. He kind of set the ground rules by saying, I'm in it for me. So I don't think the Eagles would be out of place in saying, we're in it for us. Sorry about that, Jason. Appreciate it. Uh, safe travels. All right, uh, wide receiver position. Huge play the other day by Fulgham. Uh, Dante Burdett got a couple of catches. They've got veteran wide receivers that are getting closer to rejoining the team. Both of them are injury history guys who you can't really count on. But do you just continue to go with the young guys? How do you handle uh, Alshon Jeffrey and LaShawn coming back? Do you just put them out there as soon as they're ready and go, you guys have track records, you guys have won before, you're our guys again, just stay healthy? Or do you say, you know, we might as well just go with these young guys. Carson seems to like to throw to them. Uh, which which wins out, veterans and established uh, resumes or major shots in the dark? Uh, I, I think the veterans win out when they're when they're able to get on the field. And I think you know even Alshon. We'll see tomorrow Wednesday at practice if he's able to ramp up. I think he might be a little bit closer than Deshaun with that hamstring injury. Um, so I do spec if you just go back to the 53 man roster cut and they didn't put all shot on the pup list, which would have been six weeks. So that indicates they thought he'd be back before that. And we're into week five. So I think this is the game they earmarked him for, and we'll see if it shakes out that way. Um, and, and then obviously down the road, probably after the bye, you're going to get Jalen Rager back. And, and they want to develop John Hightower converted that big fourth and four. I think that was big for him. Quez Watkins, uh, another rookie, uh, is is in that 21-day window to be activated off injured reserve. So those are the guys they want to build on. Plus, Greg Ward is going to be in the mix. So I think a guy like Fulgham, it's going to be a tip of the cap and say thanks. Uh, but they want to develop younger receivers they do have uh, that are going to get healthier 
Uh, and then all Sean and, and Deshaun, they're just going to have to rely on. It's not perfect because of their injury history. And in all Sean's case, I think you got to be very careful. you got to be very wary and watch early and see if he's lost any explosion because not the fastest guy in the world to begin with coming off a Liz Frank injury. That doesn't bode well necessarily. This uh, boggled my mind as much as anything after the win. My first question was, uh, "Good, just uh, let's emphasize the positive." Or, yeah, but they had issues even in a win against San Francisco in San Francisco. But this I got no explanation for. You're a smarter football guy than I, so please explain it to me. End of the game, trying to preserve the victory, and two straight running plays. Scott, who had not played much at all, and uh, to to go away from Miles Sanders and hand the ball to Adrian Killens on an end around, and I I just didn't understand Corey Clement getting the ball in the fourth quarter. Why do they just go away from Miles Sanders the way they do? Doug tried to explain it as, hey, we've got our ways that we use them, and the position fit for. I, I just I'm pulling my hair out in not understanding it. Do you get why they give up on Miles Sanders with the game on the line? Uh, no, I, I I thought that was a strange decision as well for a number of reasons. One, I, I mean, Corey has not played well this season. Uh, Doug, as you mentioned, uh, framed it as a game plan thing, and Corey's a little bit bigger for the four-minute offense. I think a lot of people – were concerned about Miles putting it uh, on the ground. They thought about that. But, I mean, he's only fumbled twice. Corey's fumbled six times. <laughs> I mean, it, that doesn't make sense uh, from that standpoint. And, obviously, one is much more explosive. You mentioned Killens. I mean, it was funny because they were working on that jet sweep in practice, and they didn't want any of the reporters there to report it. And we didn't because those are the new COVID-19 rules, and they pulled out in the game and they lose 12 yards. So that tells you how, how important that was. But, uh, yeah, I mean, Miles is, is their only running back, and if you're trying to close a game, um, he should be out there. There's no question about it. Now he's had some injury issues with the hamstring and the glute, uh, but Doug said that wasn't a part of his thinking. And, and I do think, you know, these people that say he should touch the ball 30 times, I, I don't agree with that because I think he's not Adrian Peterson in his prime. He's not Earl Campbell. He doesn't have the body type to handle that type of punishment. So, so I do think that 18 to 22 touch range that he had been uh, in the two games prior, that's the wheelhouse. He was only at 14. He had, I think, three receiving. He should have been out there. I don't think there's any question about that. Doesn't add up. We'll see how it plays this uh, Sunday, which, by the way, that's against the Steelers, who are now coming off a bye, an unscheduled bye because of COVID issues with their uh, opponent last week, Tennessee. Um, they are 3-0, and but I hadn't even realized this. I noticed it today. The teams they beat and stink. Oh, yeah. They Giants, uh, Broncos, Texans. Yeah. And that's 1-11, and the one win the Broncos have is against the even worse Jets. So do we <laughs> really know what the Steelers are yet? 
No, we don't. Uh, and, and that 3-0 looks pretty impressive. But as you mentioned, it's not nearly as, as impressive as impressive when you dive into who they were facing. But you do know, though, Jody, that they're they're better with Ben Roethlisberger. And, and obviously this was a team that made a, a playoff run despite all the, the problems at quarterback uh, last season. So you know they're a good team. The question is how good are they? I don't, I don't think they're in the Kansas City level, the Baltimore level, in their own division. But I do think they're that second-tier type team, uh, and that'll sort of work its way out, I think, in the AFC. It's, it, it's a good football team, and I think it's a big test, a bigger test. And maybe people didn't think that with San Francisco because of the reputation, being the NFC champions, being in the Super Bowl. But, again, Jimmy Garoppolo is not there. Nick Bose is not there. Richard Sherman, Raheem Mostert, on and on and on. Debo Samuel, that was his first game back. Uh, George Kittle had been out. That was his first game back. Uh, so I think in a lot of ways this is a bigger test than, than San Francisco, and probably people don't realize that. John, great stuff. Always, whenever you come on, appreciate it greatly. Uh, check out his podcast, Extending the Play, where you get your better podcasts. Uh, absolutely a must-listen and Eagles fans. Thanks for hopping on tonight, John. Talk to you in a couple weeks, buddy. All right. Thank you, Jody. My pleasure. John McMullen from uh, Sports Illustrated and phillyvoice.com. Jody Mac reopening the phones. Let's get the uh, lines rolling again. 215-592. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Place your money line. Prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. And it works everywhere I write. Summarizing a doc only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done.